Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. A joy, a pleasure. <laughs> so can you introduce yourself? Well, I mean, I've already stopped your resume, but <laughs> <laughs> you introduce yourself to the people who don't know. Sure. Uh, so my name is Grace Gibson. And let's see, what order should I go in? So I'm a <laughs> PhD candidate at University of California, Berkeley. Um, also a uh, visiting professor slash instructor at George State University. Um, I kind of like to think of myself as this like superhero by or academic by day, superhero <laughs> by night, um, as my work looks at black female superheroes and also looking kind of like imagine futures. And so um what else uh, um the future is it's, it's a great thing to talk about and especially when you put blackness into that and so um all around just black girl nerd all around <laughs> person who just lover of life lover of school all of that good stuff so um yeah that's me it's in a nutshell <laughs> yeah because i saw so i'm not gonna lie i was a little confused by your resume because i saw that it was for berkeley because when i was trying to look you up it said Berkeley, but then she was like, look at GSU. And I was like, but she's at Berkeley. And it's all both. You got it. Yeah, and I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> but I did see that you have a podcast. Black, yeah. Black Nerd. Um, so I'm um, on a podcast called Black Comics Chat. Okay, and okay. so um, I'm one of five members of that team. And okay. so um, we talk about, we nerd out about comics. We nerd out about anything to deal with popular culture and graphic novels and sci-fi, anything under that umbrella we talk about. And so I'm actually going to be getting ready to prepare for that this evening. Oh. So, um, yeah, so I have a little interest in that. And um, it just, you know, podcast is something growing that I'm becoming interested in, in as well, too. So what introduced you to the field of Afrofuturism? Yeah. So indirectly, I would say comic books um, is kind of how I got that introduction, uh, particularly through the X-Men series and the Storm character. So there was, you know, something very diasporic, African diasporic about um, the Storm character, the fact that she channels in this energy um, and that she's elemental. So she takes in all of the, the weather elements, whether it's storm, rain, wind. And these are all things that um, are attached with Afrofuturism in some sort of way. Uh, also, there's another character named Martha Washington, who's out of Dark Horse Comics and has a series called Give Me Liberty. And she's this black woman freedom fighter who battles out of poverty in the Cabrini Green projects of Chicago, Illinois, to eventually become this intergalactic, you know, um, hero and battles in space. And so these are also traits that you see within Afrofuturism, the whole uh, technology, the whole moving from poverty into something great, uh, moving from a bad situation to a, um, <clears throat> a great one. And the idea of fighting and kind of like reclaiming the narrative that's been taken. Um, now, directly, I would say through my reading of Octavia Butler novels and short stories is where I really kind of was like, oh, there's something about this Afrofuturism that Octavia Butler is talked about all the time. I just kept seeing her name popping up and the Patternist series and the Kindred novel provided these really big visuals of Imagine Black Futures. And so from comics or Octavia Butler was like where my introduction or beginnings, I would say, for Afrofuturism. Okay. I have like this summer, I'll be 
I'll be introduced to Octavia Butler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, of course she's teaching a class. Yes. So she's like geeking out over it. <laughs> um, but like through my research, I did find a lot of like Octavia Butler. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty excited to read her stuff. Yeah. She's like dark and twisty. And I'm all she about is. Dark and, twisty. <laughs> and she's, you know, she's like foreshadowed a lot of different things. And so she, a lot of stuff that we are seeing happening, she's talked about in her novels. And so to read that and be like, she was thinking about this in the 70s. She was thinking about this in the 80s and 90s. And to see it come to fruition, you're like, okay, she's got a gift. You know, (laughs) she's special. So, yeah. Um, So how would you define Afrofuturism? Because there's a lot of different definitions. And I was like trying to (laughs) compile one. And I guess it's just dependent on the person. Right. How would you define it? And for me, I try to never... Um, say that there is only one definition. Um, and so uh, I feel like every time I get asked it, it, you know, it changes or it evolves. And for me, I see Afrofuturism as an evolving concept, as an idea, as a genre, as a theoretical framework. All of those things, you know, can be Afrofut or can be um, Afrofuturism. Um, and but if you want to kind of have some type of definition, I would say it's like an opportunity for Black and African diasporic people to reimagine, reclaim, retell, reinvent the past and present and to make for a viable future. And so this is definitely done through film, literature, music, fantasy, art, performance art, anything that is able to tell a story. And um, Afrofuturism is definitely about changing heteronormative standards, you know, white narrative standards that are forced upon um, black and African diasporic people. And um, it definitely has no limits. (laughs) It reaches beyond traditional borders in in the sense of it blends fiction and reality. And so um, when it's all said and done, it's going to constantly evolve. What we talk about Afrofuturism today will definitely add something in, I would even say the next week, the next yeah. month. Um, it's ever changing for sure. Um, so how, how do you, well, how do you define um, African diaspora? Because I'm not gonna lie, I still don't have a very WebMD, or not WebMD, but you know. Yes, well, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so diaspora is another concept that, especially after um, going through my um, doctoral program, I've realized that there's that also doesn't have a definition. And de- depending on the context in which you're talking about, it can um, be defined different in different ways. Uh, but for me, I look at the African diaspora as uh, everything that is connected to the continent. And when I say continent, meaning Africa. And so uh, blackness is seen in the U.S. Blackness is seen in Europe. Blackness is seen in um, the Caribbean, is seen in South America. And so all of that is part of the diaspora. And so although we're not um, in Africa or we're not, we all didn't come directly from there, there is a connection that we have to it in some sort of way. And so uh, for me, that's kind of how I see um you know, the diaspora, has, it's it's migrated to various different places and our footprint and imprint um, is everywhere, not just on the continent. That becomes like the central core mm-hmm. where the beginnings, but that's not where it ends. And so we have to think about globally that the diaspora is, you know, much more than just one particular place. It gives me a better understanding mm-hmm. of what it is. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the great Janelle Monet yes. and what she adds to the culture, what mm-hmm. she does for the culture and how she falls into this 
genre mm-hmm. of Afrofuturism. Yes, absolutely. So based on your definition of it ever changing, how do you believe Monet falls into that definition? So she, for me, is the epitome <laughs> of what Afrofuturism represents, um, particularly through her music, um, whether it's the lyrics specifically or through her um, music videos, her activism work. Um, her personal life as an actress, um, everything that she does incorporates some notion of reimagining, reclaiming, retelling, reinventing. Um, In many ways, I don't even see her a separation between who she is as a human being and her work. It really is kind of like all together in the same. And so she has this ability of telling narratives about Black women, particularly that are either ignored, minimalized, or just made invisible. And so uh, that is what Afrofuturism is about, is allowing voices to be heard that are not heard, um, allowing an opportunity for them to be seen, um, to be placed into the narrative when they're otherwise not. And so um, I would even also say that she, her innovativeness and ability to use Every resource that she has <laughs> yeah. is what Afrofuturism is about. Um, there, As we know, there's no one particular idea or notion. Like we said, we can see it in film. We can see it in literature. And so she's able to use her music um, in this like large grand scheme to talk about everything that she wants to engage with. And I feel like with each song, with each album, she's um, giving us something new to think about. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was your first encounter with her? Yeah, so um, back when I was in the AUC at Clark Atlanta University, um, we would see, this was before Janelle got to be who Janelle mm-hmm. is. And, you know, she would just kind of be hanging around campus. Really? And so you're just like, this is before you knew who she was. So it's before, oh. like, the black, white, you know, uniform. This is just kind of like this carefree, regular person. And um, I remember going to what we call a Market Thursday, where there's all these vendors and um, outside and she was singing the song she was doing this live version of letting go uh, and I was just like who is that like what this you know it was just like this carefree joy that she had about her song this you know the bouncy all over the place that she is that we see now um I, you know this was just like in her budding the beginnings and so um you know, like I said, this was all before we know who she is as this amazing persona, this amazing icon that she is now. Uh, it was just seeing her at this Market Thursday performing and later on realizing that's that same person who I saw outside performing and looking like she's she's a superstar now. <laughs> so I feel kind of like blessed to be like, I saw her win before, you know, the blow up. You know, before she had yeah, to- <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that kind of gives you an appreciation for the artists. You know, you get to see them before the money, before, you know, the name becomes a household name. So, yeah, that, that would be kind of like when I got to see her live in person and, you know, kind of like get introduced to her music. That's cool. What's your favorite song? Oh, hmm. If you could choose, I'll make it easy. If you could choose three <laughs> songs. Okay. What's your top three songs? Uh, I would say Tightrope. Um, Cold War, and it's uh kind of like a tie between Queen and Django Jane. Yes. Yeah. Man, when that came out, I think that I'm a rapper. Whenever that song comes on, <laughs> yes. Like 
pointing a whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really bad in my car. Now, one I have to include that didn't, I mean, it's more known for its video than it is per se the song, Many Moons. Yeah. You know, like not a lot of people talk about the song, but they, you know, definitely rave over the video. So I'd have to include that too in kind of like what's my top, you know, uh, songs, videos <laughs> from her. So I actually heard Many Moons before I saw the video. Okay, yes. Yeah, so I was like, already in love with Minnie Moons. And mm-hmm. then I saw the video and I was like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> that's when I knew she was a genius because yes. that video, I'm looking like, see, that's what Beyonce did with Lemonade. Like what she, what Jenna Monet did with Minnie Moons, that's what, you know, um, Beyonce did with Lemonade and, you know, that whole thing. And right. And, you know, this is like, what does she call it? Emotion, emotion no, picture video yes. or something like that, you know? So this was the beginnings of that. Yeah. So I remember when, so when Dirty Computer came out, right. and I was like an emotion picture. Yeah. What? And then I was like, I feel like I'm an emotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was complete. When you try and, because I remember when it came out, everyone was like, okay, Dirty Computer, Lemonade. And I'm like, right. they could go sit down because... Yeah, I mean, have you seen this production? (laughs) And it is that. I mean, it's, you know, I think people still kind of talk about it more. And I think it's been underrated um, as far as what it contributes. Yes. So, yeah. And how she keeps the Mm -hmm. storyline. I didn't even know there was a story until I was a year ago. Right. And then when my roommate pointed out to me, I literally put all the albums in order on my phone and then just sat there and listened to it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, Mm oh, my God. This is it. Yeah. So once you realize it's like a complete like eye opener. Right. And I mean, she's what, you know, I would also define her as a storyteller, a musical yeah. storyteller, you know. Um, and people don't pretty much give her that moniker either, but I'm like, she tells stories that we either cry, laugh, dance, all yeah. of that, you know. Over ten years. Mm-hmm. I believe her first like EP came out in like twenty ten. Right, right. So exactly. This is like over the course of ten years. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things we didn't know you were waiting for it until you got it. Yep. Like this is what I needed. <laughs> I'm like, where you been on my life? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in your article, Disabilities, Race and Gender, Gender in Speculative Fiction, you quote Home Holman? Yeah, Deidre Holman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which says Afrofuturism is black survival. It is an affirmative aesthetic and philosophical position that questions how we will survive in the future, not if we will. It asks, what do we need to know? How do we need to adapt? What knowledge do we need to take with us? What new ways of being do we need to create? And how do we retain our ancestral memory? Uh, Can you speak a little bit more about just all of that, especially black survival? I saw that quote and I was like, yeah, I, I still kind of come back to that quote a lot um, in my dissertation and just kind of like in life. And so when I'm thinking Black survival, taken from what she's um, mentioned it there, is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. So it's literally about surviving in the midst of police brutality, in the midst of sexual abuse, harassment. You know, it's survival of being able to pick up the mantle that was started by our ancestors and seeing it through and continuing to carry it forward. You know, it's survival of maintaining a voice when it is often silence um, and knowing that blackness existed in the past, exists in the present and will exist in the future. And so that's survival. And for uh, for black people, particularly, you know, that's a day to day, you know, goal for us is to survive. And as much as we're like, wow, that's like. You know, I don't know if that's deep or that's, you know, uh, it, it hurts. But it, when you think about it, with everything that happens to black bodies, to just simply survive and be 
is an accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, being able to, as she said, you know, question how we will survive in the future, not if we will. Yeah, that's what I'm That really about. like, because it, it's like, we're, no, no, we're not going to think about, you know, well, maybe what if we're not here? No, no, we are. And we have to kind of like speak that into existence as, mm-hmm. you know, as people say. So, um, and then, you know, when you attach the ancestral memory, there were people who came before us who, it wasn't like they did this just for nothing. Yeah. They didn't come here and be like, I'm not doing this so that you all can, you know, forget about us. No, there was a purpose. And so that purpose definitely for me is um, picking up that mantle in whatever way that I can uh, to make sure that I carry it forward so that people who come after me continue that. So that way we're not questioning about the future. You know, we and we're ensuring that the future will always exist. So I kind of want to like cross realms a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when I saw this, it immediately made me think, of course, of Black Panther. Yeah. And how that, first of all, great movie. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, but that whole ideal of like Black survival and maintaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of made me think like, you know, towards the end, when like, you know, we're not going to hide. We're going right. to continue. We're going to give our resources out. Yes. Um, so, I don't know. You kind of see that. You see Definitely. Music, you see it in movies, and it's becoming a lot more apparent now. Right. Especially once Black Panther got released, now mm-hmm. everyone's like... And not even just its release, but it's um, the fact of its reach. Yes. So, you know, there was this moment where people didn't think that it was going to be as big as it was. You know, which is a part of why it was delayed so long and being created. And so when you see not only did it happen, but the fact that what it surpassed and what barriers it broke, people take black life a little bit more seriously. Although that was fictional, people begin to say, you know what? They got something going here. (laughs) And for some people, they want to tear that down. Yeah. And so that kind of goes back to the black survival, mm-hmm. you know, and then some people are like, OK, how do we make sure that we keep this going? Mm-hmm. Because uh, this is a torch that needs to stay lit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't have somebody snuff this, you know, yeah. because if we do, you know, not that the world is going to end, but it has become something for people to um, reach for. You know, um, and in many ways, I mean, it is somewhat of a utopian society. But, you know, if there's this constant working towards, you know, knowing that one day I'm going to get there or that I'm constantly getting to it, that's better than me saying, well, you know, there's only an end goal. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, kind of attaching that back to Afrofuturism, it's all there's not a per se end goal. It's kind of like that when how we're continuing and keeping going. Um, because life doesn't end, you know, I mean, we may in certain aspects, uh, in certain parts of the life end, but life itself yeah. is always going to continue. So, yeah. yeah. I realized not that, but, um, kind of the concept of things continually having to continually evolve. Mm-hmm. I won't say unfortunately, but my first, um, like exposure mm-hmm. to future, my first text that I read right. was, um, Natasha Womack. Oh, yes. 2212. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think I have it with me, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was the first, like, text that I read. Right. Well, I listened to it. Um, <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I realized that listening to books versus reading them, like, it's a different experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. read, read that book. Okay. Then, you know, have it read it to me. But, gotcha. You know, all in the same. Um, but even in that book, you know, it talks about how life continues. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And adding on that, 
like tech as technology advances, sometimes right. you have to continue back at your roots. Yep. Because when that whole telepathy thing wasn't working. Right. You know, you just had to mm-hmm, check mm-hmm. down the road. So exactly. It, it it's full circle. You see it right. no matter where you're necessarily looking. Absolutely. Um yeah, it's just super cool. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> so and another piece, first of all, all the pieces were great. <laughs> Thank I was, you. Like, Thank you. Um because I looked up certain pieces beforehand, like I just like googled your name and like things that were associated. Right. So I was just reading things beforehand. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I should ask. Like, <laughs> what text would be great? Um, so I had like put it all in a folder, and unfortunately, she has to read everything that I read. So gotcha. She can help me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw this in here. I'm gonna throw like this, this in this, here. This and this, yeah. She's like, okay, Miranda, which one? Are? <laughs> and I was like, you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, but in your other piece, uh, the future is black and female. Mm-hmm. After features in the comic books, you said they also, I believe, they referring to black female voices. Mm-hmm. Um, challenges how people assume black female characters should be portrayed within popular culture as invisible, hypersexualized, marginalized, and relegated to mammy and side chick roles. Right. How do you believe uh, Monet disrupts those images with the way she portrays herself through her music and to the media? Yeah, so I kind of look at that like, pick any one of her music videos. Pick a video, and I can guarantee you she's going to address, you know, and disrupt, you know, every historical stereotype and trope that's been attached to Black women. You know, um, in a way, she kind of like, reclaims that hypersexual sexual um nature that's been attached to black women and so instead of it seen being seen as something bad it's like no like i'm embracing that that's who i am that's a part of my personality a part of my persona and so um in particular you know like say with many moons this whole android auction Mm -hmm. you know fashion show so she's kind of like making you think about you know slavery yeah. But in this digital realm, mm-hmm. you know, but she's giving you this fashion at the same time, too. So there's something to think about and there's something to enjoy, yeah. you know, uh, yoga. So you got it's like a, a girl session at the yoga studio where everybody, you know, all the girls are like, yeah, we're going to get our workout <laughs> in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the well-known lyric, you cannot police me. So get off my areola. Mm-hmm. And just that whole idea of like. Don't 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 think you can do something with my body that I'm not giving you permission to do. Yeah. You know, um, and the fact that it featured this predominantly black female cast, you know, of women. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, one person superseded over the other. It was like, no, like everybody is getting the attention. Mm -hmm. And so um, definitely in Django Jane, where like she's wearing this crown. And it's tilted, by the way. So, you yeah. know, it's not like we're going to, you know, it ain't going to be straight. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be suits. tilted. And the suits. Suits were everything. Uh, this all-female army. Yes. And, you know, so it just commands female authority. Yeah. And so she's taking risks with the imagery, you know, that some may see as explicit and over-sexualized, but then reimagines, reimagines how we can read it and see it. And so instead of the marginalized being a background figure, they become like front and center. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you're going to see me and um, you're going to see me in a way uh, to where uh, kind of like you're going to recognize me. You're going to acknowledge who I am and not just see me as just another body, you know, in in, in a video. And so, um, yeah, like I said, those are just, you know, three. Yeah. Like I said, you can pick any other music video. Um, where she definitely disrupts those standards, disrupts those norms. And um, it's almost kind of like you wait to see what she's going to do. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, she does something different every time. 
You know, there's an overlap, but you're never going to be like, I can't never nail her down. Yeah. Because just when I think, I, I, oh, no, (laughs) no, not, no, she got something else on me. So, yeah. Kind of going back to the whole hypersexualization thing. Mm -hmm. Um, When she first started out, you know, she had this uniform of her black. Right. And I believe that was while she was still signed underneath Big Boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of the only image you saw. Right. Up until, you know, dirty computer. computer. She just kind of let it all out. Right. This is who I am. Mm hmm. And I have control over this. Right. Um, and one of the things that just amazes me is no matter what you Google, mm-hmm. you will never see, you won't see skin. No. At yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And that's, su- in this day and age, that is such like an accomplishment in the right, world. Right, right. Because let you Google like J-Lo or mm-hmm, Beyonce mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. know, anyone else, you, you got, you're going to see some skin. You're right, right. Something. But she has such control over her image right. and what you see and what she allows you to see mm-hmm. where when you see a pinky you feel privileged because you're yeah. just like oh yeah. my gosh mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah she really took control over over that and a lot not allowing for people to hypersexualize her right even when in a way she hypersexualizes herself yeah and that's but that's her choice doing yeah. that, you know. So, um, yeah. And even without having to show so much, mm-hmm. she still looks damn good. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I look at some of the outfits that she wears and I'm like, man, you know, only she can wear that. Mm-hmm. You a know, lot of her, like, <laughs> a lot of her like red carpet outfits. I'm yeah. Just like, Let me try to put that on. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> and I'm like, you got that. Yep, and I'm I'm not even finna hate on you. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, girlfriend, I wanna get I wanna be like that. Yeah. I wanna get what what's your plan? What's your routine? You know? Yeah, because even at the concert, um she now, like I said, me and my friend like obsess over her butt because mm-hmm. we don't see it. And first of all, we didn't even know she was that thick. Like you know yeah. she was thick, but you didn't know she was like thick. Right, right, right. Yeah. So even at the concert, you know, she had like her outfit changes or whatever, and her presence just demanded respect exactly and like even her like her silhouette because my background is like her silhouette okay did the, the one of these award shows mm-hmm. and she has like you know her guitar was pushing it yeah and i was just like that just demands respect mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and she just has control over her image and that's just so amazing and crazy to me all of the same yeah i mean she's never in a way she's never asked somebody for permission to do something yeah. she just does it and there's something about that that demands, you know, and earns um, a level of respect. Yeah. That you're like, you do this. You don't ask for people to feel comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. You don't ask for people to be like, should I? No, she just does it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you either take it or you don't. And uh, if you don't, well, that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. going to continue to do what I'm going to do. So there's not this, let me change for you. Yeah. And um, that takes guts. Because not we're I mean as brave and as many of us think we are, there's certain levels of bravery where it kind of like it stops and mm-hmm. you're like I'm brave but not that brave, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. And she really does that with um, make me feel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She, like that whole video, that whole song is just like here I am, right? This is who I am, mm-hmm. take it or leave it. Exactly. And I was like I'm gonna take it. Yep. <laughs> All of it. Right. <laughs> um. So, within her, like, 10-year career so mm-hmm, far, mm-hmm. she has released three albums, three EPs, and 20 singles. Yeah. Um, through her albums and her EPs, uh, she's created a story and a world. Right. Sir Greendown, 
Mm-hmm. This one attractive man. I didn't know until I watched her computer, and I was <laughs> like, "Well, hello, sir." Yes. Um, but yeah, so through her album, she l- utilizes this concept of dramatic art. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the way that I like to think of dramatic art is like a roller coaster. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever. When I was younger in like elementary school, we used to play this game called Roller Coaster Rush. Mm-hmm. And so basically, you know, dramatic art. The way that I think of it is like you know your exposition. Is when you're starting off. And you're okay. Like, oh, okay. This is the information. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then your rising action is, you know, when you're starting to go up the hill. Right, right, to the right. Point, and you're at the top. And that's kind of your climax. Like, yes. Oh, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then when you shoot down, you know, it's your falling action. Yeah. And then you pull back into the station. And okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the way that I like to think about it to keep things real simple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so I would describe Dirty Computer kind of as that climax. Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, what's about to happen. Right. Do you think Electric Lady could be considered that rising action leading towards this? I like to define it as a rebellious album. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take it back one more album, even before that, um, with the Arc Android, and that's where I feel like there's the beginning of the rise. Yeah. Because with that one, we get the song Tightrope. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also where we get Cold War, and so this is where you're seeing, you know, people recognize who she is. And she's kind of like tipping the scales a little bit, you know, no putting on the tightrope, tipping, <laughs> you know. Um, at this point, she's making a lot of appearances on TV, mm-hmm. you know, different talk shows. She's headlining a tour with Bruno Mars. And so, you know, at this moment, that's where that explosion comes. And then with Electric Lady, it just I feel like it just the explosion is continuing. Mm-hmm. So um, and at that point, she's really um kind of like just out the box and so arc android opens the box and then electric lady like it's like okay we boom it's open (laughs) and so i would like definitely attach those two and then of course yeah dirty computer is just like the bam Mm -hmm. that's that is here i am and it's kind of one of those as we've been saying you know like a departure but this good departure because we've been seeing her in this uniform look all the way up, you know, even through Electric Lady. And then we get to Dirty Computer. We're like, oh, the black and white is gone. Uh-huh. Like, she got all the what, colors. The what what, what, what happened? <laughs> and, you know, as much as I love the black and white, you know, I kind of missed it a little bit, too. Because I was like, dang, I like that. And I think because we had become very used to seeing it. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I was excited because I was like, she said, you know what? I'm about to bust out of this, too. Mm-hmm. And give y'all something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that goes back to that. You just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, and Dirty Computer for sure, you know, I don't think anybody expected that. Mm-mm. You know, I think people had, you know, um, labeled her already. And I feel like Dirty Computer was that opportunity to like kind of like rip that that label off and be like, nope, y'all not going to get that. You're yeah. not, not so fast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, nothing about any of that reads as silent. You know, when we think about it, and, you know, if we go back to how, like, voice is being heard, um, she's definitely, you know, pushing the envelope. And so um, with each of them, and especially, like I said, Dirty Computer is kind of like the culmination mm-hmm. of all of that. Mm-hmm. So, in one way, like, the crucifixion of the female, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in the same, the freedom of it. Okay. Because, you know, the lady, you know, tied to the, well, you know, nailed to the cross, but... It may be a stretch, but if like if you tie it back, although yes, you know, Jesus was nailed to the cross, but also in that same respect, he was let go right from you know this like 
earthly bound. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like, from at least from what I've interpreted, that it's kind of the same. Um, and that she doesn't. Oh, what I was gonna say is she doesn't. She doesn't like to be labeled, and she right. Makes, she makes sure that she's not mm-hmm. because you know for a long time the talk was like you know what's her sexuality. Right. Exactly. And she was like. Y'all don't need to know, basically. Yeah, you know, I mean, androids. Me yeah. and that's, that's who I date. Yeah. And so we're just <laughs> like, know? okay, is that everybody? Right. Like, who is that? And, yeah, and then when Chessa Chonsa came in picture, we were like, oh. Right. And she was like, still, android. Right. Yep. We like, but, you know, in her, I forget exactly what song it is, but within Dirty Computer, she addresses that, you know, where she has, you know, Chessa Thompson and mm-hmm. she also has... Sir Greendale, because I don't know his actual name. Right, 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 right. She, you know, she has both of them, and you still don't really know. Yeah. I mean, even in the Make Me Feel video. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're you're looking, you're like, okay, first in the beginning, you're like, okay, her and Tessa, she mm-hmm. got this, something. You know, they're sharing the candy and everything, and then bro man come in, and you're like, oh, okay, so it's all about you now. So, you know, she gives him his attention, and, and then in back. the end, then they all... Yeah, and she's running back and forth between the two. Yeah. And I was just like... And it, you know, confused. And, and I think it was that. And then it was kind of like, I don't want to be nailed down to have to make a choice. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I read from yeah. that was I like her. I like him. I like us all. <laughs> and, you know, that's um, and that's what it is. Yeah. And it's it's so funny that, you know, we as society can question people's, you know, sexuality and who they date and, mm-hmm. and why. And it's kind of like. So what what gives us that kind of right to do yeah. that? You know, um, and I know, yeah, she's, you know, a, a public persona and she's famous, but she's still human. Yeah. And so everybody's still entitled to love who they want to love, be who they want to be mm-hmm. with, identify how they want to identify. Yeah. And we as society have no room to like question, yeah. you know, and it's really not our business. Like, so if she chooses to not want to tell us, guess what? You, you just not gonna know. We just not going to know. And I think that's something like society has an issue with grasping. Like they yeah. want to understand, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not your business. Nope. Yeah. Like they don't affect you. Right. Because it's like you're not paying her. You know, you're not. You're not you know, you're running her life. You're not doing anything for her. Like tangibly. Yeah. You know. Yes, indirectly. Yes, we're buying her album. Yes, we're going to her concerts. But like, you're not really doing something for her life. Yeah. That's gonna be like gives you worthy. You know, gives yeah. you that room to be like yes. I can say what you can and can't do. It's yeah. like, no, it's I really don't. understanding of being, because, uh, you know, with social media, you feel like everybody's your friend. Right. Like, you know everything about their life. Yeah. And it's that understanding that they allow you to see what they want for you to mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. So you don't know nothing outside right. of what they allow. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. But this ties because, you know, she, um, she speaks about how the android represents the other mm-hmm. and that is a long-running theme throughout all of her albums yep you can never be like okay an android is this it's like androids are everybody honestly everybody outside of the white man or the white right woman. that's the way mm-hmm. that i interpret mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um all minorities everyone who's a second thought that's right. who the androids are that's who the others are um um so and she talks about how, you know, she compares it to being, you know, lesbian or gay, being right. a black woman, being a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think she uses her platform to discuss these marginalized groups? Yes. So um, I feel like she takes back what it means to be other. And so historically, when someone says, you know, the other is not a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just the fact that you say other, there's no name. 
Yeah. You know, and naming is very important. And so um, I feel like for her, when she uses other, it's like taking back. It's like um, these people are not just simply bodies, mm-hmm. but that they're humans. Because like that's one thing that I I always hear her talk about is this idea of like humanity. Yeah. And so um, other becomes a term that is seen as someone who's present, who exists, who gets recognized, who gets acknowledged, and not somebody who is just simply in the background. And so. For me, I feel like her um, her music, her videos take back what it means to be other. And um, instead of us seeing it as this bad thing, we look at it in the way of like how people take back their sexuality mm-hmm. um, or if they feel like they want to be racy and not be judged. And so I see that in the same way with how um, we look at other in the ways that she kind of like uh, flips it yeah. on us. So, um, yeah, you know. And it makes me think about how I use other. And so, I mean, in my research, I'm often, you know, referring to it in the way that it has been said historically. But thinking about how Monet um, offers a different way to define it makes me kind of say, maybe I should consider that in how I'm looking at my own work. And so, um, you know, I'm not a musician or anything, <laughs> but um, I think even just that impact that it has for people to think just bigger yeah. You know, then beyond the surface. Um, I think that's what she does. Her her impact um, with the role that she has in, you know, how we think about other. Before Dirty Computer, my like top three as far as messages mm-hmm. was Cold War, Electric Lady and of course Queen. Right. Um, Queen's music video is iconic. Mm-hmm. Her monologue is iconic. Yep. I was like, I need a suit. That is what mm-hmm. that's telling me. Suit equals power. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and so in all of those songs, it targets the idea of knowing who you are and what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of going back and talking about Queen, I didn't know. For the longest, I didn't know what Queen stood for. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to just assume it means for like <laughs> being great. Yeah, but, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned that, you know, it's, it's discussing the concept of like sexuality and others yeah. mm-hmm. um, and taking back that idea of being forgotten per se. Right. So for those who don't know, which was also me, mm-hmm. Queen stands for queer, untouchables, immigrants, excommunicated, and Negroids. Yep. I have no clue what Negroids mean. Not gonna lie. So I thought she was trying to do like a mixture between like I feel like it is like Negroid and Android. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm going to take a guess and go with that. That's what she's kind of like. Like, I can't see it being anything different than that. Yeah. You know, um, and the fact that she uses Negro, Negroids, you know, in other words, like Negro, Mm -hmm. that's like a term that like, it doesn't get used anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of like, she's bringing something back that had kind of pretty much was gone. And then put power on it. Right. And then, you know, she just kind of like revamps it by, you know, instead of just Negroid, but it's Negroids. Mm -hmm. So now we're pulling in the Android, you know. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, but I guess we shouldn't be surprised that there's some kind of like other meaning. Yeah. You know, um, I think I would be surprised if there wasn't a meaning. (laughs) It was just quick. Yeah. You were just like, okay, but I feel like it should mean something, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And I think. She has ingrained that into us to kind of expect that from her. Yeah. And so uh, I almost feel like she's like this mini professor in a way, because 
every time I listen to her music, you know, it's, it's a teachable moment. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you didn't even get a PhD, but you, you schooling us <laughs> and everything. And so, um, whether she's indirectly doing that or directly. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, what she's saying, what she's talking about in this one word, and then you get the rest of the song and the video to attach to that. It just like it, it's kind of like that roller coaster metaphor that yeah. you're talking about. It's that build up to just like boom, there mm-hmm. it is, you know. So yeah. And then when you have because Erica Badu is another one that just like yeah, like I feel like I need to be mentally prepared to listen to some of her songs. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I need to have a dictionary. I also need to have a thesaurus. Right. Like, I just need to have sources available. Yeah. So both of them in like one song, I was just like, yeah, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it was kind of like that dream come true because you probably we were all probably thinking like. I wonder if they're gonna ever work together. Yeah, cause like they should, and, and then, then and then they did, and then you're like, yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> like me, me and my friend, we were gonna dress up as them for Halloween, and we were like, no one's gonna understand it. Yeah, so it'd be like it wouldn't be a waste of a costume, but it would. Yeah, cause but, but then again, we have to go back to how like what would Janelle think? Yeah. <laughs> And would Janelle care? Nope, she yeah. wouldn't. You so know, like, so. I would just get my dog and no, just right. My dog. Yes, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. no one will understand it. Yeah. I have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in her song "Cold War," one of I believe one of the most iconic lines mm-hmm. is to know what you're fighting for, and yeah. then, you know, that's continuously yeah. it's said, it's repeated. Mm-hmm. It's also said in Mulan, you know what you're fighting for. Right. So obviously that that holds meaning mm-hmm. for you. What would you yeah um and how would you apply it to yourself so it's like that kind of like keep fighting Mm -hmm. you know um in those moments where you have been wanting to give up you have to remind yourself so what was i what was i doing this and you know um we got to get to the end we got to you know complete the goal and it's like to know what you're fighting for you know will also move you to continue fighting because if you don't know what you're fighting for you're kind of like in this like orbit yeah and you're just kind of like just floating. Mm-hmm. But when you know, it gives you direction. And when you have direction, the path is like you just you can take that path and you just continue and continue and continue. And so um, I think also that kind of this idea of knowing what you want to helps, because oftentimes we get into these journeys and we think we know, but we don't really have it nailed down. Yeah. And um, sometimes we have to remind ourselves like, OK, this is why we got into this. This is why I'm doing it. And this is the end goal that we got to get to. And when you have that, there's something powerful about like knowing something yeah. and knowing that you got this and knowing what you want. Because otherwise, it's like I said, you're just in this limbo. Mm-hmm. And to be in limbo is it, it, it's it's what it is. It's in limbo. Yeah, there's it's the middle ground. There's no like it's kind of like, uh, and, you know, I don't want to be. Uh, yeah. You know, um. <laughs> So, yeah, I think for me, it definitely resonates in that continuing to fight the battles that are always going to be there um, to always continue to remind myself to question why am I fighting, you know, Um, and even ask, is it worth it, too? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you don't want to fight this battle that's not worth it for you. Yeah. You know, know, then you're wasting energy and all this time. So it's like, make sure you're invested in it. Yeah. So. Um, I'm pretty sure this song came out the same time. Um, well, I know it was during Obama's presidency. Yeah. And this song was, it had, you know, some things that were directed mm-hmm. towards him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of talking about the music video and how it's a close up and she's bare. Like, 
and you know in her makeup she's there right right she's just she's there it's Mm -hmm. close-up it's intimate um so it also kind of you know in afro features we always have this political element right of you know what like what are like i guess the government or the politicians like what are they doing for you right why are we rebelling against them exactly um and in this song she kind of hits on that and I think she directs it towards him directly like kind of like don't fall into it remember what you're right 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 yes Mm -hmm. I mean just the fact that she's looking into this camera yeah you know four minutes (laughs) yeah I mean that's a lot um because, you know, there's moments where I'm, like, re- looking at the bed. I feel like she's looking at me. And uh-huh. I have to kind of, like, oh, wait. I, you know, like, it, it, you feel it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you know, just the kind of bravery in that video, too. You know, uh, the emotion, the literal emotion that we see. Uh, that tear. Yeah. And um, just, you know, I almost kind of wonder if it was how many takes went into it. Or was this just kind of like, we're just going to go raw. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't want to like redo. Like yeah. I just want to how it. And I think we see some of that when she kind of has like that moment where you know she just she's like ah. and yeah. and so I, I like that because it was like she she's not trying to fix it. It was just right. like let me just give it. Let me just pour it out there and whatever it comes out, it comes out. And so so often we there's like perfection that we want. Mm-hmm. And I think this definitely you know kind of like not attacks but questions what we think about when we talk about perfection mm-hmm. and um yeah and just the fact that you know she has to kind of call out some people and i think that calling out is a reminder like you said of uh, remember what you got why you're doing this mm-hmm. remember the battle that we're we're trying that we're fighting for remember uh the lessons that you've you know been taught and um yeah it just it there's all this like I said, transparency, this emotion, and even I think as black women, sharing it, showing emotion is sometimes seen negatively. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to be like, hold up the community, hold up the world. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cry. You know, if you cry, you're weak. Yeah. Um, and so... For her, she does all that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you don't feel like she's weak. If anything, I feel like that, that's that's commendable. That's strong. It makes yeah. you stronger because you did it. Because guess what? Nobody else might do that. Right. And so, um, yeah, it, there's you know, she's taking back those narratives mm-hmm. of what has been said. You know, um, it's that whole thing of, um, you know, and then there's kind of like a pain homage. I feel like it. In the sense that um, she is speaking the truth and not afraid to do so. So if we think about somebody like, um, you know, Ida B. Wells, if we think about somebody like W.E.B. Du Bois, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Mary Church Terrell, all these people who spoke up and said something and, you know, and many times in fear for their life. Yeah. And so in a way, like this music video and that song is kind of touching upon those same notes. Like I'm, I'm saying this, knowing that maybe something could happen to me. Yeah. That could, this maybe could be suicide to my career. Mm-hmm. But I need to say it, and it needs to happen. And so I think that's a pain homage to those who did that same thing, that fearlessness. Yeah. You know. So yeah. And she's really all about that pain homage mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. those who deserve it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back on the whole idea of like profession mm-hmm. or perfection. Yes. Um. Pink is another one of those mm-hmm, songs. Mm-hmm. 
she, you know, we're always talking about, you know, showing all body types. You know, right, being right. But she does that, mm-hmm. and, you know, different ways. Yep. Um, and she just kind of shows that, like, there is there is no perfection. Like, right. wherever you are, you are perfect. Right. Um, a recent artist that's, like, kind of surfaced is Lizzo. Lizzo. I don't know how to pronounce Okay, her. okay. But she's this musician. I think she's a rapper. Okay. I don't know much mm-hmm, about her, mm-hmm. but I see her on social media sometimes. Yes. Um, and, you know, she's you know, a bigger woman and she completely owns it. Gotcha. Like, she's like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I look like. Right. You know, she's known for twerking and playing a flute at the same time. Okay, okay. And she's right. like, I bet y'all wish y'all could twerk and play the flute at the same time. Right. So you're definitely seeing that a lot more of people mm-hmm. trying to make it, not trying, but are making it normalized right. for yes. that you're perfect in your own way. Not right. this you know, picture that society has created and kind right. of dismantling that picture. Yes. See it, but. And I mean, you know, I'm not going to say Monet, Monet is the, you know, the one who gets that started, but she definitely plays a big role in that. Yeah. You know, um, because she's able to, you know, bear her skin, mm-hmm. oftentimes literally, <laughs> you know, um, people feel like, wow, okay, if she can do that, she's a celebrity, like, hmm, maybe I can do that in my own way. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, we don't have the big platform that she does. But, mm-hmm. you know, in my space and in my network, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to yeah. own that. And so that gives people a courage to do something that they might otherwise not have done. Um, it gives a courage for someone to speak their mind. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's very important today is being able to do that and not fear about, um, not that we don't fear about the consequences, but fearing about what other people think yeah and i mean that's that's something that we grow to that like that doesn't automatically come to us you know um because we're always going to kind of look at ourselves and be like am i okay do i look (laughs) right does this fit right and um you know that's that vulnerability that is human you know and like you said you know she takes away what it means to be perfect and you know in a way kind of says you know why do we need to be perfect yeah. You know, what what's the the end goal when it comes to perfect? Cuz then once you get to that point then what's next? You know, like are you trying to reach something else after that or yeah. So, um yeah, just being able to be unapologetic. Mm-hmm. You know, allow people to be free in their own skin. Mm-hmm. You know, like as they say loving the skin that you're in. <laughs> and yeah. um I think she definitely helps other people helps, you know, the normal person, the lay person to be able to mm-hmm. do that. And so, um, and I think we can respect, especially celebrities when they, um, are so vulnerable. Cause we're like, if she can be vulnerable, I should be able to be vulnerable too. Yeah. You know? And you kind of saw that with Alicia Keys when she did her whole, like, yeah. like everyone was losing their mind right. when she was coming out with like no makeup and, you know, her hair up. Yes. And I was just like, oh my God. And it's just like, they're just regular people like everybody else. Yep. And it, you know, putting them on these pedestals. Right. Like, and it goes back to, you know, the way society feels like they have a hand in controlling mm-hmm. the narrative. Yeah. And we don't. Like, it's, I mean, we do, but we don't. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's their business. If that's what they want to do, then yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's forever changing mm-hmm. and trying to understand. But, yeah. Um, so, the last song on this list. Yes. Is Electric Lady. Now, yeah. I love this video. Mm-hmm. 
And I also love this song. Right. Like, I was driving her earlier, and I was just like, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. People in the car were looking next to me. I was like, are you going to join, or are you going to stare? What's <laughs> going to happen? Right. Um, but in her video, I believe she she mixes these two worlds of, like, the past and the future right. so well. Um, and that beginning scene, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. in the beginning scene, you know, she has, like, you know, one of these flip phones, and, you know, she has one of, like, the older cars, you know, the, the um, what are those j- jackets? Oh, uh, Letterman jackets. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Letterman jackets. Like, she has a lot of, like, these, like, quote-unquote, old-school, yes. you know, technology and vibes into it. Right. But then... She has this watch where she can take a picture from. Yeah. And it sends to her phone. Yes. But then it's still sending, like, an old text message. Right. Um, so she incorporates this idea of, like, you know, technology mm-hmm. and, like, I guess, like, older concepts. Yeah. In a way. Which is... Goes back right back to Afrofuturism in yeah. that blending technology mm-hmm. with the past and the new. Yeah. You know, um, this I like you said, these... Um, past concepts. I'm like looking at the video now. She's got an eight. She got an eight track in her car. Yeah. <laughs> like I haven't seen that since I was a kid. <laughs> and so, yeah. Like there's just this for me. It took me flashbacks to college. Mm-hmm. Took flashbacks to you know undergrad days of college. <laughs> um, also, you know, like even high school too. You know, it, it's a big party. Mm-hmm. At, you know house party and like you don't see house parties that much anymore yeah like, nobody really does those anymore and it's like i'd rather go to that than a club you know and especially that party yeah you know i was like can i get invited next time <laughs> yeah it's like where was my invite uh-huh. you know um yeah and it was i think uh when i think i know there was this kind of like you felt like she was just like being her yeah it was like, this was a regular day for her. Yeah. You know, because her mom's, you know, in the video as mm-hmm. well, too. So just kind of like, I'm just having my own, you know, jam session with my friends. Uh-huh. We hanging out. And it's like, yeah, like there's something, you know, simple about that. Mm-hmm. That um, everybody wants to be like, I want to have that kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she, because I believe Solange is also in that. Right. In that video. Mm-hmm. Um. So you just kind of, you get these different elements. Right. And then there's this one line, I don't remember the exact line, but where she like references to the spaceship. And yeah. Like, and that kind of thing, she's like talking about her car. Right. And it's just like, once again, you're getting these these futuristic elements. Right. Where you see these things and, you know, movies like Back to the Future. Yep. yep. Obviously, that's the only futuristic movie that I know. <laughs> I haven't even seen it, to be honest. But, but, you know, you get these elements in movies like those, but right. you rarely see it. And you know movies where you have people like us, right? Um, the most like futuristic you get, yeah, yeah. Is, I don't even know. Like they're not a house slave; they own the house. Like I don't. Right, I don't right, know, right. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, oftentimes you know the minorities are either being you know the help or they're being abandoned. Mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. in that limelight. Yes. And so with just her whole career, right? She. She puts you in the limelight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, movies like Black Panther it puts you in the limelight. Right. Like a lot of these newer movies where, like, women are put in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, Black men and women, they're just being put in the forefront. No yes. longer being behind the curtain. Right, exactly. So, I think she does a really good job of pushing that forward right. and not forgetting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't even know that you're like, Yeah, there's, I mean, I said that. 
it just, it takes me back to a feel good of being like, gosh, I just, I miss those days of carefree fun. Yeah. You know, um, you know, or just at least telling yourself, I need to take out at least one day of my week where I can just, just have that kind of fun. You know, like we owe that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I also look at the video and say, wow, like she was able to blend, you know, past, present and future mm-hmm. in this one video and not make it look, you know, confusing. You know, it's relatable. You know, you don't feel like you're in space, but you know that there's some outer source, mm-hmm. te- technological source that is being channeled in. Yeah, the watches before the watches even came yeah. out. Yeah. Like- so you're like, wow, it, it, there's this tapping into the future. Yeah. You know, even before and normalizing it. Yeah. And so, um, and the fact that black people are happy. Yes. You know, and, you know, although, yes, Afrofuturism touches upon the sad and the horrible things that have happened to black folks, but it also, you know, brings the sad, this, not sad, this happiness mm-hmm. and something that we should be proud of, you know, yeah. um, this self-pride as black people. And so I definitely see that in Electric Lady as well, um, just being able to tap in and channel that. Yeah. Um Kind of, I hope they get to their destination. <laughs> I can only imagine how this is picking up. <laughs> um, we'll just but, say that's part of the technology in the future. Yes. Yes. That's what we have flying police cars. Yes, there we go. Imagine that that's. A- <laughs> um, but wrapping up mm-hmm. and also, you know, wrapping up the dirty computer, in the end, um, it closes with her having. Okay, backtrack. Yes. The Nevermind. Mm-hmm. Now, I had to watch Dirty Computer three times. Mm-hmm. You know, first time for the experience. Right. Second time for the experience. And then the third time was, you know, to like analyze. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. find things. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that stuck out to me were like, it should have been clear, but I was like, there's more to it and I don't understand is the Nevermind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so in the end, it's talking is completing the nevermind process. Mm-hmm. She's forgetting who she is. They're stripping her of her identity and placing it this identity mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, towards the end, they're doing it and then they roll the credits and you're like, oh no, yeah. they've done it. I was literally bawling. Like you would have thought my dog died how hard <laughs> I was crying. I was like, no. <laughs> but, you know, she comes back in with, you know, America, American ending. Yeah. And she's reclaimed that for herself. Right. She's reclaimed that for Sir Greendale. And then her and Tessa Thompson, like, they're all just running out. Right. And they're taking that freedom back and still having that message of you can't identify me. You can't, right. You can't put me into a box or into mm-hmm, a category mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I won't allow you to put me in. Yeah. And I don't know, that's just super powerful. Yeah. I mean, and I think that circles back to her beginnings, yeah. you know, um, where she's giving you the metaphors of how you can't put me into the box. And with Dirty Computer, it becomes very clear. Yes. Like, she's saying it. She's mm-hmm. putting, you know, the other albums, it's kind of like you you kind of see it um, in, in the way that the video is being play, uh, personified or in the lyrics that she's saying. But she directly says it yeah. in Dirty Computer. So, like, there's no room for you to be like, well, I, I mean... I didn't, I didn't get it. And it's like, no, like she made that very clear. Yeah. It's, you know, very crystal clear, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and, you know, if anything, it just continues that message that she's always had. 
Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't change, even though, yes, we get this grander, you know, personality in Dirty Computer, but it's still the, the same, same Janelle Monet. Yeah. It's still the same person who has been fighting for people to be seen, to be heard, to feel comfortable. Like, that's still there. Yeah. That that doesn't change. She's still fighting for the human experience. Yeah. And she does this amazing thing where, like, because whenever you go back to the facility in Dirty Computer, right. you know, its base color is white. Yes. Because white is supposed to mean, you know, cleanliness and purity. purity. right. But in a way, she completely, like, swaps that meaning. Yeah. To where white isn't purity. White, white is corruption. Right. Like, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. brainwashed. Yes. And so even that alone, I was just like, who? Like, right. who would think to do that? Yeah. Like, you know, you have your staple. Like, mm-hmm. Purity, you know. Yep. Cleanliness going to the next and she was like nah we're just gonna take that away yep and where white is what's keeping you kind of put into this box and colored right the whole spectrum of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of all the videos are so colorful yes and so where color is freedom right and, you know i like you that yeah take it there mm-hmm. you know color is freedom yep freedom so i mean i mean depending on how deep you want to go right but she she completely changes the 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 norm that is associated with mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And that alone, I was just like, girl, you are just doing things on top of things. Yep. Yep. I mean, like I said, never ceases to amaze. Yes. You know, there is um I can't put no pen in her. <laughs> I can't I, I I say that again. Like just when I think I had her figured out, mm-hmm. she pulls one on me and she said, not yet. Not ready for you to <laughs> stick a fork in me. Not yet. And I don't think we ever will be ever yeah. will be able to, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm very much because, you know, I look forward to what it is that she's going to bring next. Yeah. And if it means I got to wait a little while. Okay. You know, um, but I, um, I'm excited about her new ventures. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about what new music she'll bring to us, you know, her acting, yeah. you know, um, her activism outside of, you know, both the singing and acting um, because she's just, she's reaching beyond that box that people put her in, even as just a singer. Like mm-hmm. she's much more than just a singer now. And she remains humble through it all. Right, right. I mean, just to be able to see her casually in Atlanta, you know, <laughs> Like who who can say that they can see, you know, Janelle Monet just chilling out, walking about and be like, wow, mm-hmm. like, I want that life. <laughs> you know, now listen, Miss Monet, if you happen to listen to this. Yes. If you would just like to come to 1000 University Center Lane, Georgia, <laughs> I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, tweet us, you know, little, you know, at us, you, you know, know, we do we a just, little like. <laughs> yep, I'm fine with that, you yeah, know, because. So I know Wonderland Records mm-hmm. is here. Yep, yep. And I want to go to their studio because mm-hmm. apparently like it's like it's like Wonderland in there. It and is. I'm just like, I just want to experience Yeah. Like and just the, that whole record label. Right. You know, I was not a big fan of Jaden in the beginning. Okay. Classic Man was not it for me. I was like, you can go. All right. But I had to realize that Classic Man was his way in. Yeah. And then, you know, he released everything else. And you know, Jaden is my husband. So. <laughs> I like that, yeah. So, you know, but yeah, you know, they have Jadena, they have Deep Cotton. Right. Amazing. Who's been there since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. they, and then they're another one that's underrated. Like, yeah. I didn't even know about them until recently. Right. And then you have, um, pretty sure I'm going to mispronounce this, but it's like Jean Arthur. Oh, Roman Jean Arthur, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Amazing. Yep. And then St. Beauty. I don't yes. know if you've to them. Yes, yes, yes. I went to their, um, 
their release party okay. that they have. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not much of a social butterfly. Gotcha. I stay in my room, go to <laughs> school, and then go to my friend's house, which is another room. Right. Like, so I was like, I'm going to be social. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. And I thought they were going to, like, perform some of their songs. Yes. So I was prepared for that. Okay. And that was not it. They were just, like, mingling with the crowd. Ah. So, which was still cool. Yeah. But I was like, this wasn't what I expected. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, that whole Wonderland crew, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to give you what they want to give you. And, you know, yeah. you just kind of roll with it. And, you know, I was grateful. I was yep. like, thank you for breathing the mm-hmm, same air. Mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Um, we even ran into them at the at her concert. Okay. Yeah. Now, did we speak? No, because it didn't until <laughs> afterwards. We were leaving and we were like, remember we're talking and we were like, like I think that was them. Yeah, and then my friend ended up bumping. She was like, "I just touched her shoulder." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, they're just they're such down to earth people. Right. Run into them. Yeah. Like, I just want to be your friend. Yep. I so, just you know, just being your in your presence yeah, for a little while. That's all. Like even her, you know, because Janelle is on a different like level, mm-hmm. like mentally. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is your reading list? Yeah. What is your playlist? Like, what are the things that I right. need to soak up from you? Mm-hmm. And I feel like sliver. I feel like a lot of what we already probably have read, our reading is on there. Yeah. You know, I, we just need her to confront. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's she's just an amazing woman. She is, and you know, truly a gem and a ch- and a treasure to the music business. Yeah. You know, um, to society, humankind, and like I said, I just I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah. You know, um, it's like okay, this is how are you gonna top this? Right. Because I know you can. You know, there may be some haters because there are some haters mm-hmm. and some doubters, but um, it's like what you gonna do next? Mm-hmm. Cause like, she keeps pushing the ladder up and up to where mm-hmm. I'm like, how much higher can you go? Like, yeah. what, what's what's gonna be next? So yeah. And her song, so um, what is that movie? Where was her Octavia Spencer? Mm, uh, Hidden um, Figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Yep. But Jalapeno is my jam. <laughs> like every Sunday when I roll into church, I'm playing that song. Mm-hmm, is that a song mm-hmm. you should play rolling in the church? Who knows? But I'm doing it. Yes. Like, and she just, she just demands, it doesn't matter what she's in. Like, I think she just, she's in a movie or she's, she either was or currently is a part of like an animated movie. Yeah. And then she was in the, the, the secret of Marwin or something like that, where she plays a a disabled character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, your name's in it. I gotta go see it. Yeah. Obviously this is going to add something to my life Mm -hmm. because whatever she does, it has a purpose. Right. She's not just doing something to do something. Exactly. I'm like, you did it. I gotta go see it. Right. Like I say, it goes back to something earlier that I was saying is regardless of what she does, somehow her message permeates through yes. and that's a that's a talent and a gift that everybody's not blessed with mm-hmm. you know because some people they're they're musicians but when they become actors they're like it's different yeah and with her i feel like it's still the same person yes she's playing this character but, but it's still authentic. yeah it's still that's still Janette, janelle monet you yeah. know so yeah yeah so she's amazing i could continue to talk on about her but she's truly 
truly a, um, a historical gem. I know she's young, but I'm just like, well, she's she's, she's got to be in the history book somewhere, somewhere. I can't wait till they mark her as a legend. I'm, I've yeah. already marked her so, but yeah. I'm going on society to catch up. Yep. But she's going to make it there. She is. She is. She, she's got, you know, everything to prove it. The music, the, the awards, the accolades, the notoriety yeah. to prove it. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me thank you thank you yes this was great to be able to just kind of like geek out about somebody that you know we were like big fans of so yeah yeah. it was especially because I'm like I get to geek out with the scholars (laughs) my friends just geeking out right 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 scholars in the field they're also geeking out yes it was truly amazing thank you so much thank you is there anything that you would like to plug in in Uh, research you're doing or anything you know uh, look for me on twitter at gbreezy20 and on Instagram, Love Jones Twenty, and um, just you know, I'm I'm trying to make my my mark in the world. I'm just as they say, a squirrel trying to get a nut out of here, <laughs> and you know, uh, just you know, just be on the lookout for some great things. And I'm just looking forward to you know sharing my my talents and my gifts. You know, in the same way that Janelle shares her talents and gifts too. Well, I will be on the lookout. <laughs> Y'all need to be on the lookout. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> okay.